0: Good morning. Good morning. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Tomorrow we celebrate the fallen soldiers. It's uh, It means a lot to me. I have a lot of family that served in the military. None that I actually knew that died in battle, but they served. And so I typically celebrate them more on Veterans Day. The Memorial Day, but still nonetheless, we've all experienced loss of a soldier at some point. I've got some classmates that didn't come back. And they paid that price. And we often remember that they paid the price for freedom. But y'all, Jesus paid the price for everything. He paid the price for salvation and for life and for real freedom from sin and the oppression of death. You see, Paul, when he was writing to the Philippians, he wrote a lot of information that was great for them. One one single verse sticks out and it speaks volumes about his lifestyle. In chapter 1, verse 21, Paul writes, For me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. See, Paul's in prison when he writes this. And he don't know if he's going to live past that single day when he writes it down and sends it to him. But he recognizes that as he lives, every breath he takes should be for Christ. When he lives and moves on, he can teach others about Christ. He sees that it doesn't matter that all day long he's chained to a soldier. And every so often they change out soldiers. And the whole time, he gets to minister to that soldier. The whole time, he gets to minister to a single individual. And when they change out, he gets a new audience. And he doesn't stop teaching. We have no idea how many Roman soldiers he led to Christ. But we do know that eventually, Rome becomes a Christian nation. Because the people who they call Christian kept preaching but he also says dying is gain and what he's saying is that even if I die I have the knowledge that everything that Christ had planned for me is done and everything else will be picked up by somebody else and not only that but I will be with my Savior in heaven And there's a lot of people who would argue that when we die here in this world, our bodies are laid to rest and our soul is asleep until Christ comes again. And that may be true in our timeline, but God doesn't see this universe in our timeline. Heaven operates separate from our timeline. We are so limited by the perception. That God has seen every choice you will have to make and the outcome of each decision no matter which one you make. He gave us the free will to make those choices but he already knows the outcome of each one and whether or not another choice will come down each line. And being able to know that tells me that in heaven each person who has already passed here is already there. Whether in our timeline, their soul is asleep, it doesn't matter. In his timeline, they're already there. In his timeline, if we've made the decision to follow Christ, we're already there. Our consciousness here is just waiting to catch up. And that's what connects us to Christ so that we can speak to God. And so, when Paul says, Living is Christ. He means that I can continue to minister to others. And when he says dying is gain, he means that I can be with my Savior. I have reached the goal. I have reached the end. So death isn't something to fear. This holiday season we tend to celebrate the death of those who died on the battlefield without really knowing what that is. We throw some hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill. We grab a soda or what have you, and we enjoy our time. We maybe go fishing, swimming, skiing, whatever. It's really the kickoff of summer, right? We don't really grasp the concept of what it means to die for someone else. But Christ died for us in probably the most horrific way and Paul speaks on that also in Romans chapter 5 he's telling us about the one who died for us while he's telling the Philippians how it would be great if he could die and go on and be with Christ he's telling the Romans that the price has already been paid and in chapter 5 starting in verse 6 He says, for a while we were still helpless at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ even said so that he didn't come to save the righteous but the unrighteous. Those who are so high and mighty in their own mind that they can't do any wrong probably can't be saved. And it's their own doing and their own choices. But Christ, come for the ordinary people. For you and for me. Continually on, Paul writes, For rarely will someone die for a just person. Though for a good person, perhaps, someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For people who didn't deserve salvation, Christ gave it to us. For people who didn't ask for Christ to come, Christ came. You know, we were helpless. But Christ offered help. It says, how much more then, starting in verse 9, how much more then, since we have been have now been declared righteous by His blood, will we be saved through Him from wrath? For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by His life? While we were enemies. Y'all, when we were living in sin, when we were sinners and part of this world, we were enemies of God. Whether we realized it or not, whether we thought we were choosing to be enemies or not, we were. But Christ still died for us. He paid the price of reconciliation to bring us to God. If we are willing to accept that price and ask forgiveness And he says not only that but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received this reconciliation. He says therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin in this way death spread to all people because all sinned. You know there's no one who hasn't sinned. I don't care how righteous the person is. Everyone has sinned. Every saint, every pope, every preacher, every priest, every nun, every minister, every missionary. We have all sinned. And so long as we take a breath, we are still capable of sin. Every single one of us. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we can be reconciled to God. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone that we have salvation. It's through His death, His burial, His resurrection, through the price He paid that we are free. And if Christ has made us free, we are free indeed. not free from sin on our own accord but through Christ alone. It's through Him that we can find salvation. And as we continue reading, we see Paul starts to talk about what happened in the beginning. says, in fact, starting in verse 13, in fact, sin was in the world before the law but sin is not charged to a person's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those who did not sin in the likeness of Adam's transgression, he is a type of the coming one. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if by the one man's trespass the many died, How much more have the grace of God and the gift which comes through the grace of the one, the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. See, Paul's saying, he's saying a lot here that's probably beyond my comprehension, but he's basically saying it doesn't matter if the law was there or not, death was. The price of the sin was still there. That man should die. And that through the sin, even if the sin wasn't exactly like that of Adam's, which was disobedience, the price still had to be paid. And if through one man's disobedience so many people would have to suffer death, how much more so through one man's obedience? Through Christ's obedience to the cross would we get to enjoy life. And whether or not that life is here or in heaven, we get to enjoy it because of Christ. Because He died for us. He paid the price of sin, which is death. And He overcame it and rose from the grave. Picking up in verse 16, it says, And the gift is not like the one man's sin, because from one sin came the judgment, resulting in condemnation. But from many trespasses came the gift, resulting in justification, since by the one man's trespass death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive the overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So then, as through one trespass there is condemnation for everyone, so also through one righteous act there is justification leading to life for everyone. For just as through one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so also through the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The law came along to multiply the trespass but where sin multiplied, grace multiplied even more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace will reign through righteousness, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul hit the nail on the head. He said even though we have to suffer death because of the sin." that we've committed, because of the sins that were committed in the past, we still suffer death because one man disobeyed God. He said, because one man obeyed God, grace has come even more so. You see, it takes a lot of grace to forgive the sins that we have committed as human beings. Through wars and murders, and disobedience. And that's just the worst of it. Now we murder babies every single day because of laws in this country that allow us to do so. And God still offers forgiveness to us. We hate our neighbors. We fight with our co-workers. We disown our family members. We throw each other out. We disregard each other. We yell at each other. We curse each other. And God still offers forgiveness. He still went to the cross for us. We don't deserve it. But He gave it to us anyway. Yeah, I heard a long time ago that there are only two defining forces in this world that's ever offered to die for us. The American soldier and Jesus Christ, one died for our freedoms and one for our soul. Y'all, as true as that sounds, it's not completely accurate. Jesus died for everything. Not just our souls, but our lives. For our eternity, for our freedoms. He died for all of it. Anything you can imagine, He died for it. So that we can enjoy eternal life with Him. So that we can know what the grace of God truly is. Jesus died for that. While we celebrate the American soldier and the price that they paid, God bless them. I didn't serve. I wasn't willing to sign that check but many have and God bless them for it. But we can't forget that Jesus paid a much bigger price. While He hung on that cross, every sin that had been committed, every sin that was being committed and every sin that would have been committed was put on Him and His Father had to look away. And He cried out Father, why have you forsaken me? As he took his last breath. And then as his body was laid in that grave, he went to hell for us and fought for the keys to the kingdom so that we could enjoy everlasting life with the Lord. And then he defeated death and rose. Jesus died for us and Jesus lives for us because we are not capable to do it on our own. And so as we celebrate this holiday and we go on throughout our lives, let's remember what Jesus has done for us. And let's say a prayer of thanks for the price that he paid for the freedoms of every person around this world. While we get to enjoy physical freedoms here in this country, there are many who are persecuted for simply speaking the name of Jesus. But He gave them the freedom to do so. So that even if they are persecuted to the point of death, they will be free and with Him as a result. Jesus paid that price. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you for paying the price that we couldn't pay. Thank you for offering yourself as a penance for our sins and giving us the opportunities over and over and over again to come to you. And while many of us may have neglected those opportunities over and over again, Lord, you never stopped searching for us. You never stopped reaching for us. You never stopped calling our names. And while many, many people will harden their hearts and close their ears off so that they don't hear you and don't feel you, Lord, thank you for allowing us to have a soft heart to hear you. And thank you for giving us the ability to live in a land where we can freely speak your name and freely spread your gospel. And where we have missionaries who are willing to go into those places where the law is prohibited. And that while they face certain persecutions or death, your grace abounds in those communities. To a point where the officials of those countries can't keep up. Lord, I ask that you put your words and your thoughts in everybody's hearts and minds today and throughout the rest of this week, Lord, so that they can spread your gospel and share your message with everyone that you died for us. You paid the price for us, Lord. You fought for our freedoms from sin and condemnation so that we can be free in you and live eternally with you, Lord. For us, Lord, living is Christ and dying is gain. Let us live for you, Lord. And if we are called to die, Lord, let us die in your name so that we could still glorify you even then. And let us enjoy eternity with you as we do so. And it's in the blessed name of Jesus Christ that we pray all this. Amen. Amen.